Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. If you can, if you're on the floor and you're having a great time with God, uh, just stay there. We're not too, uh, too fussed about whether you're in a seat or not. We don't want to interrupt God to... Uh, to preach on God, right? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. That's beautiful. Okay, well, we're going to get into the vision now. Thank you, Moses. Round of applause for Moses. I wanted to get him up, not not just to set some sort of uh, atmosphere, emotional atmosphere, but what happens when Moses plays, there's a real breakthrough release. There's an anointing that's released as he plays. Have you guys noticed that? Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you for your ministry. It's a supernatural release that sometimes, uh, you know, we can preach and we can say things, but sometimes uh, when a musician releases something, uh, there's spiritual breakthrough like nothing else. Uh, I've got scripture for that. I mean, David, when he played the harp, uh, there was uh, deliverance. Saul, that demon that was tormenting Saul, left every time David played the harp. So uh, it's very, very powerful. So thank you so much for that. All right. We're going to get into the vision uh, with the little bit of time that we have left now. So we might need to do a part two in this. I'm going to try and fly through it, but let's pray. God, help us. In Jesus' name, help me not to talk too much uh, of my words, that is. But Lord, let what you want to say, be clear, precise, and uh, thank you, God. We know that this, uh, in some ways, is probably one of the most important meetings, uh, gatherings that we have where we release the vision for 2018 or a part of the focal points, the, some of the keys that we're going to be focusing on this year as a family, as a community for 2018. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. All right. So um, if you're new to the house and you're wondering what our vision is, uh, at least you got to see a demonstration of it. Uh, We want to be about not necessarily programs, but what God wants to do. And sometimes we have our plans, but often he'll blow that out the water and and just have his way. And honestly, right from the start, we've always said, God, we we don't want a religious machine. We just want, uh, want to create a space where you can move in people's lives and change lives. I know Chelsea, yeah, let's give Jesus some praise for that. Come on. Uh, Chelsea and I, my wife, we we were both radically saved out of uh, some horrific stuff, Uh, addiction, uh, demonic stuff, uh, really, really crazy stuff, actually. And it was because we stepped into a space that Christians had created where the Holy Spirit was able to flow and move, the prophetic was able to move, uh, and his presence was uh, in that space that these Christians had created that we, as wretched sinners, stepped into, and God's grace and mercy just completely delivered us and healed us and freed us. So we know it's his presence that changes somebody. It's his pure word. It's the gospel that changes somebody. It's not our programs. Amen? Programs are great, but they should support the move of the Spirit, not replace the move of the Spirit. Amen? Glory to God. All right, so Vision 2018, I want to give you a quick recap on 
the previous years. We're only a young church still. We're only a baby somewhat. Uh, we're probably stepping into our toddler uh, period now. So look out for a few tantrums and things like that. Chelsea and I have got young children. But actually, no, I think we're through our tantrum stage now. We're starting to grow up a little bit into maturity as a church, which is great. Uh, but I want to recap a little bit. So in 2014, our focal point was the highways and byways. And it started off with consecutive dreams that God gave me in terms of planning the church in Frankston. And a big part of our vision and our focus in those early days was to go literally onto the streets, the highways and the byways and bring them in. And so obviously when you're planning a church from scratch kind of makes sense to do that because there's no one in the church to disciple anyway and so we went out and got them and uh, there were wild meetings in the early days because there were very few Christians and a whole bunch of people coming from the street and so in the early days I was just talking to Chile about this someone asked Chile how he got saved and he said, I was just walking past the building and there was these dudes smoking and drinking out the front and there was music inside and it was like a weird church service and people were there inside and he goes, this is cool, I'm going to come in here. And he, but he got saved in that spot. Where's Chili? He's down in the back. Stand up, Chili. And uh, he's now really growing in maturity it's been so good watching you over the years now bro really growing and coming out of uh, addiction and different things like that same things that we struggled with and now he's just got a internship with uh, vision radio a christian radio station as well so praise god for that so that was our that was our focal point and what i love about that is that we haven't stopped that so we the next year we had another focal point but we continued with the highways and byways. In fact, it's grown, and we haven't missed one week on the streets. We've had teams, and now we have uh, people from other churches come and, and learn how we do it, and just consistently, faithfully, we're going into the highways and byways, preaching the gospel. And now uh, it's just amazing. So thanks, John Boy and Judy and all the team for heading that up, and Jai and all the crew. So that's great. And that's the thing that I want to really uh, reiterate uh, today is that even though we have a new focus, it doesn't mean that the old focuses cease. That just now should naturally flow into this year. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, hopefully I can clarify that a little, a little bit more as we go. So the following year, 2015, our focus was... Uh, a city on a hill and it was based on Isaiah 60 as Chelsea and I were praying that year we got highlighted Isaiah 60 and it talked about how people would come from afar to this city on a hill this church and so we felt that God really wanted us to focus in-house on building a great space a great community work on structures work on leadership so that we can disciple the people that were coming in off the streets and from various places and we were believing that God was going to send some key leaders, send some people from different places and that certainly has happened as well. I, I could note a number of people but uh, people that come to mind immediately is Charity and Gabe were an answer to that prayer. They come all the way from California uh, at the word of the Lord uh, to help support now their key leaders in the house. So that was 
That was beautiful. That was 2015. 2016, we really wanted to make, because we were working on um, systems and leadership and trying to to create this uh, space where people come in and be discipled. We also wanted to make sure in 2016 that it didn't turn into some religious machine. And we wanted to focus on ensuring that it was kingdom community and family. So we don't want programs to replace family. And so that was a, a focal point in 2016. And I'm so grateful that we did that. I know, for example, uh, our brother Paul, who's now partying in heaven, uh, he was the fruit of some of that work in 2016 where we really wanted to make sure that this was a family to people that come in too and he certainly got that family and uh, and that's how people grow and that's how people stay and be planted in the house of the Lord. Amen? So once again, we want all of those things to continue. We never stop that. We always continue to build into that and to see that grow. Uh, 2017, our focal points, uh, we called them the M&Ms. And it was um, money slash business, marriage slash family, music and media. So it was quite a, a big year. There were quite a, a number of focal points. Maybe in hindsight, uh, too many, but I think we managed it fairly well. We probably bit off a little bit more than what we could chew. Um, but I think we did a great job, and you did a great job, in strengthening and building those areas. So uh, let's give Jesus a, a hand for that. And thank you for a great 2017. This year, we're going to talk about what our focal points are. Uh, Chelsea and I have been praying, and not just during our holiday period, but we're constantly meditating and asking God for direction. And so, to be honest, one of the focal points was given to us probably midway through 2017 for 18. And then we were also given another focal point uh, during that uh, break. So why is vision so important? I just quickly want to lay down some truth and I want to encourage us as a family, uh, look at what we're doing here as a community, as a church, and think about applying these, this strategy to your own personal life as well. It's important to have times where you refresh, reset, reset, pray, and say, God, where do you want me to focus this year? What's my vision for this year? Whether it's in business, whether it's in your family, I would say in all different areas of your life, have focal points, have vision, create space where you can reset, use seasons and times. I think the new year is a great uh, way to do a reset and to actually have a new year's resolution that we stick to. Amen? Amen. And so we do that as a community, but we also encourage us as individuals to take this on as well. Maybe you already do, maybe you don't, but it is biblical. I want to read a quote from P.K. Bernard. It says this, A man without a vision, or a woman without a vision, is a person without a future. A person without a future will always return to his past. The Bible actually says, My people perish for a lack of vision. In Hebrews, it says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. So I've taken that quite literally. 
There's a few dads here. Thank you for clapping. Thank you. Dad jokes. All right. Glory to God. I'll start that again. You ready? Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. Everyone say goal. It's good to have goals. It's good to have visions. Amen? Goals that we work towards. And we need discipline to see it out, to press towards the mark of the high calling or of the goal that God has given us. Make sure your goal is God's goal too, though, yeah? And your vision's not your own vision, but a vision from heaven. Even in this new age time that we're in and uh, there's a, a saying that gets circulated around and I think it's called the law of attraction and people like Oprah and a number of different uh, celebrities use what they call this law of attraction and they say see it, believe it and achieve it and it's very interesting that it's actually, those three things are biblical principles that they're grabbing. They're supernatural spiritual principles that do work. And it is the law of attraction. But when you're not doing it with God, you're operating under another spirit. And when the vision's your vision for your life, for the now, and not for eternal purposes, for, if it's not God's vision, then you're actually attracting things to your own life and it's another spirit that's bringing you those things it's not the holy spirit so we also need to see it believe it and achieve it but we see it because god gives us the vision and the vision is not for our selfish means but for his kingdom and the bible says that we're to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and he said don't worry i'll add all those things to you that you need along the journey but our vision comes from Him. Amen? Everyone say amen if you believe that. Amen. So that's what, we're, that's what we have been doing. We've been writing the vision down, making it plain so that those that hear can run. Amen? So I want to skip a whole bunch of things for time's sake. And I want to give you one more scripture before I talk about what our first focal point is. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I'd love you to turn to it because it's always great when you see it for yourself. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, I press. Everyone say press. On toward the goal. Everyone say goal. That's twice we've seen the word goal now. And so Paul's saying here, I press, so I give it energy, I have discipline, I do everything I can, don't allow myself to come under hopelessness and depression and the lies of the enemy. I don't allow myself to look left and right or look back or take my hand off the plow. I look forward, I press, I believe. When the enemy comes against me, I stand, and when I've done all to stand, I stand. Amen? 
And then when I can, I, I continue to move forward again. And we need one another for that. Amen. So Paul said, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God or the vision of God, the upward call, the vision of God, the goal of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's what we want to do as a family, as individuals, but certainly as a family together for 2018. I know as, as a visionary, uh, I need goals. I need deadlines. I, I like the pressure of deadlines because it helps me actually achieve what God has put on my heart. I find it very easy to procrastinate and just to start things and not finish them. I, that was a real weakness of mine for many, many, many years. So many people have struggled with that before. But now I'm realizing that a part of the divine nature of God is not just signs and wonders and not just holiness and righteousness, but it's also discipline. And the Bible says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but one of love and of power and of a... We say sound mind, and it's correct to say that, but if you look at various translations and even unpack the original coining in Greek word there, you'll discover it probably more accurately should say self-discipline or self-control. That is a sound mind, to have self-discipline and self-control. So I haven't been given, a, in fact, some of your translations, if you read that, you'll see it. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and self-control and self-discipline. Why do we need that? to see out, to keep going, to press towards the goal and to finish what we started. Amen? Why don't you say to the person next to you, God's given you the power to finish what you started. Amen. The clock is tick-tock ticking. And we don't have a lot of time on this planet. I don't have time to procrastinate and waste time and start things and not finish them. Amen? And God's given us grace and empowered us to see it out to get the job done for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So, our first focal point before I bring Chelsea up is this. And this is the one we got during prayer. And I spoke on it last week. The subject of eternity is going to be a focal point for us this year. We're going to be so heavenly minded that we're going to be earthly good. <laughs> it's a massive topic and I could take a, a lot of time to unpack even just a couple of things that we're going to be looking at this year. But I want to read you a, a quote from C.S. Lewis. Who's heard of C.S. Lewis? Give us a wave. He said this, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. In other words, they, they, were, they had eternity on their minds, stamped on their minds, and they realized that they were just passing through this life. They didn't live with a 70 or 80 year perspective, but they lived with an eternal perspective. They lived with eternity on their mind. Yes, they were driven by love. Yes, they were driven by compassion, but they were also driven with something that was stamped in every human every human's heart actually and on their mind 
and they lived knowing that they're just aliens passing through this life. No one can set up tent, set up camp here and stay here forever. Did you know that? We're just passing through. It's just a drop in the ocean in comparison to eternity. So we're really going to unpack that and we're going to be a family that doesn't live with a 70, 80 year perspective. You know, some Christians don't even live with that. We live with like a day-to-day perspective, but we want to live with an eternal perspective. Amen? And we're really going to unpack and see what that looks like. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. In other words, he's reminding them that they're pilgrims, reminding them that they're just passing through. He said, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. So when we have an eternal perspective, we realize, man, I'm not going to get entangled with the things of this world. I don't belong to this world. I'm a citizen of heaven before any other citizenship. I actually forgot to finish the C.S. Lewis quote. I want to go back to that, especially for you C.S. Lewis fans. You ready? If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next Uh, Sorry, precisely those who thought most of the next world. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. We don't want to be ineffective, amen? God's given us keys so that we don't become ineffective. We want to be effective for the kingdom of God. Psalms 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's wise to live with eternity on our minds, to number our days. And I'm grateful for Paul's life and he helped inspire this focal point. And we're going to remember Paul this year and he's going to help us to stay on track. You know, it's easier to stay in unity and in, in love with one another when we live with eternal perspective. It's easy just to let stuff flow, water off a duck's back when you realize, hey, we're just, we're in this flesh. It's a fight of faith while we're here, but let's just help one another get through this life together, do the best we can, but get as many up there as we can. Amen? Because this is just a short amount of time. We're just passing through. Amen? So I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to hand over to Chels for our second. We've got two focal points this year. One is eternity. We're going to spend a lot a lot of time this year unpacking it. And the mum of the house, let's give Chels a round of applause now. She comes up. Oh, hallelujah. I also have the vision written on a tablet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, so good to be back. It's so good to see everyone. Tia, welcome back from Queensland. Sun-kissed, tan, back to the freezing cold of Melbourne. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome. So uh, the second focal point of uh, 2018, um, you know, which God has uh, radically... um, I met Jesus um, through it, and that focal point is the prophetic. Um, it is something that I'm really passionate about because it radically transformed my life. Um, that is how I met Jesus. And so um, it was a lady, actually, for anyone who doesn't know what the prophetic is, 
Uh, the best way to explain it is, um, you know, how people, you know, go to psychics, you know, for lack of a better word, and they, they know things. Well, they're operating out of the wrong spirit. But the prophetic is where God has created us to be in relationship with him, that we can hear his voice and we can follow what he's saying. And we, he knows everything about every single person on this earth. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows your life from beginning to the end. He knows all about you before you're even in your, in your mum's belly. He knows the plans that he has for you. And he wants people to know how much he loves them. And he wants people to know that he sees them and he hears them. And so I had this radical encounter with Jesus. I've got to tell you, I was so far from God. It was just, it's not even funny. Just a hardened alcoholic atheist who want nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing. I'd been a Christian. I'd been there. I'd done that, you know, at 15. Went to church, did all the things, spoke in tongues, got baptized. Just went through the motions. And then as soon as someone let me down in the church, my relationship was not with God. It was based on people and I fell away. And it took a long, hard 10-year journey back. A long, hard 10-year journey. And, and this lady, it was a long process, so I won't go into it all, but this, this lady spoke over my life and she told me things about my life that only God could know. And it wasn't just one thing, it was a flow of 40 minutes where God, I had such a radical encounter with him. It was just like yesterday, it even makes me tear up thinking about it. It was 15 years ago. And he showed me everything about my life, the places where I thought it was just me. He was there. He showed me that he cared. He showed me that he was there. He showed me that he knew every thought, every motivation of my heart. He showed me and he revealed it to me. And I repented and I fell down on my face and I wept and I wept and I wept and I had the realization that he was real. And the prophetic to me is so powerful because in that moment where I met love himself Everything changed. My whole life was transformed. Within a millisecond of meeting him, I just fell in love with him and I'm more in love with him now than I was back then. But it was about relationship. It wasn't about going through the motions and doing the whole church thing. It was relationship. It was like, God, you know me. I am my beloved and he is mine. And I'm not letting you go. I don't care what comes, God. I will not let you go because you're real. And what the prophetic does is it leads people into an encounter with God that will radically change their life forever. There was a turning point in my life that my whole life changed. Everything changed when I repented and I said, God, I give up. If you can do anything with this broken, messed up, smashed up life, then so be it. And he's made, you know, you see me up here like this, but this is like a, you know, a finished work of what God can do in someone's life. And I tell you what, the prophetic is so powerful because it leads people to the signpost to go, there's a creator who loves you. There's a creator. He knows the hardship you're going through. He knows what you're going through, but he's there and he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. And I tell you, the prophetic, when you just step in and allow God to move through you to speak to people, it changes the course of their life. It's, it's words of life eternal. It's not just empty words that fall to the ground. That one word of encouragement can stop someone from committing suicide. It is so powerful.
And so I get so excited about it. And so many people think that God doesn't speak to them or maybe he doesn't want to. But the word of God says, my sheep know my voice and as strangers I'll not follow. And so we need to, my heart is I want to I wanna teach people and train people. God is always talking, but it's like, how do we recognize that he's talking? And so my heart is I want to train and equip you guys all through the year into every department what the prophetic looks like, how easy it is. We can just be flowing in natural conversation. It's not hard. It's who we are. Not all of us are called to be in the office of a prophet. You know, not all of us are called to the fivefold ministry, but we are all called to prophesy. We're all called to be in communion with God that we can hear our creator and we can share his heart and his tone and his character and his mercy and his love and his grace to people. That they would know who he is, that they would draw closer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I'm excited because there's not any person that's sitting in here that's exempt. If you're born again, man, you could prophesy. And so I'm really, really excited about that. You know, and I, th- and I just want, you know, to bring the balance to the prophetic because we've got kind of two camps and it, it says, do not despise prophecy where we're like, you know, maybe we got a bad one and we're like, well, I'm just chucking the whole thing out. I'm never listening to prophecy again. And we're over on this side. And then, then we've got <laughs> the other people that are going to prophets all the time because they, they just, just tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And both are wrong. And so I really want to bring the balance to that. You know, to, to honour the prophet, to honour the prophetic word, to honour what God is saying, but to teach others to hear. Because as sheep hear His voice, a stranger they'll not follow. And He's always talking. And, and I want to speak, you know, to people, maybe you feel like He's not, but He is. And so we're going to um, unpack that even more. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speak not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. And that's what the prophetic does. It brings edification, exhortation, and comfort that people would know that God is with them no matter what they're facing. And he that speak in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. And so I'm super, super excited um, about that and, and just teaching just the basic foundational truths of how you can recognize and hear his voice. So, you know, you can be clear, like with my husband, you know, or, or anyone, you know, that, that first few times you speak to them, you're like, oh, who is it? Who's on the phone? But as soon as my husband calls me, the, the millisecond I hear his voice, I just rec- I know it's there. No one could convince me otherwise. And it's the same with God's voice. When we begin to recognize and we begin to hear his voice, you can't unrecognize it, you can't unhear it. And so we're just super excited. And um, yeah, I, I just, it's so, such a powerful gift, not, not only for us, but for others. And so we're going to really unpack that a lot more this year. So I'm really, really super excited. So that's um, our second focal point. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's really, really exciting. Um, 
So two focal points. Sound good? And there are lots of other practical aspects of the vision of the goal for the Fire Church family that we're going to be continuing to unpack over the next few weeks. Next week, we do this every year, so we present the vision on the first official week back after the Christmas and New Year break. And then next week, we're going to be talking about finance and we're going to be looking at the provision for the vision. Everyone say provision for the vision. So we're going to be talking about more areas that we want to be building and strengthening this year. But of course, we need provision for the vision. And uh, so I want to encourage you and give you a heads up on that. Most of you know that we do that every year. If you're new, I want you to be praying about this week. We're going to believe for a miracle offering for provision for the vision to really put, uh, in terms of finance and the provision, put us on the front step, the front foot as we go into 2018, as we continue to destroy the works of the devil and see the kingdom of God advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.